Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Emerson! Hello and welcome to the Borough Breakdown podcast with Johnny, Dana and Tom. Well, the Borough podcast that gives you all of your Borough match day chatter. In a podcast. And in this podcast, we're going to chat about the departures of Martin Piero and Jed Spence and the incoming of USA International Zach Steffen on a season long loan from Manchester City. Uh, but before we start, guys, um, like we do every podcast, I want to know how you are feeling, especially about the deals this week. Um, I want you to do it in three words. Dana, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll say excited because there's still so much of the transfer window left to actually see what we're do. Um, intrigues because I am interested in how we'll fill the the gaps that are in the squad already obviously another one now with Martin Piero's exit uh, and impatient because as of the time of recording these deals that we are going to speak about with the exception of Piero of course uh, have yet to be actually announced somehow Spence is not actually officially a Spurs player yet even though it seems like it's literally taken probably well it's added probably about 20 years onto my life to be honest the amount of time that it's taken um, I think it's taken as long as the Stranger Things Volume 2, but you know, it'll get there. I was going to say, it's like being in a relationship but not being on Facebook officially yet. That's what it's kind of <laughs> the, the vibes I'm getting. Uh, but Tom, what's your three words? I think impatient is a good one. Uh, I think, you know, for me, everything this window seems to be taking an absolute age. Um, we we got off to a good start with, uh, with Giles and Lenahan, and then. Uh, and, and Liam Roberts, and we just haven't been able to, to kind of progress since then. It seems to have taken a while, even though you know Wilder's statements to the press were like, "I oh, should be like in the next couple of weeks," and it just it hasn't happened. So uh, the next next part of that would be um, shit. I can't I can't remember uh, the the word I had, but great. <laughs> um, uh, I think it was something like intrigued, but you know, it was a different variation of that, and that's the only one I can that's coming to mind at the moment, just kind of like flashing in the head. But I just, I really want to see what our recruitment's going to look like for the um, the second half of of the window. Really, like I said, we we got off to a good start. I was expecting more of the same, and it just hasn't happened yet. So 
know, we, we need a, a strong kind of like second half of the window to, uh, uh, to, to really kind of top it off recruitment wise. Um, and yeah, just excited for the, the coming season now as well. It'll, that word will come to you in about five minutes when we're chatting about something completely I'll, I'll different. I'll probably shout it mid-conversation. <laughs> just, just shout it out. Just shout it out. Um, I think my three words going to be, so it begins, um, I think, with these deals officially being announced in terms of, like, Jed Spence um, and obviously Piero going out on loan. There's a sense of that Borough will get quite a few deals over the line maybe this week or, or the week after. Appreciate we'll be dead busy because we'll be uh, putting a few videos up based on the new signings that we probably do. But it, it'd be good for us to to try and get the fans to relax a little bit more now and really take hold of these new new signings that will, could potentially come in. But let's let's talk about Martin Piero first and do it chronologically because he has left Middlesbrough after one year on T side and going to Boca Juniors, who are arguably the biggest club in, in, in South America, really. They're absolutely huge um, and very passionate in terms of fans as well. So I feel like it'd be, it'd be nice for him to, to go back into there and enjoy Argentinian football once again. Uh, but Dana, what's your thoughts on the move? Because one year, is you wish it could have been more, but I mean, what do you think? Yeah, disappointed in the way that it's really played out for Martin Piero in the Middlesbrough shirt. I don't think anybody could have expected that it would fizzle out the way that it has. Although, to be honest, we should have expected it because as Borough fans, we can never have anything nice, can we? But it just hasn't really worked out for him, um, stating the obvious there. But injuries definitely haven't helped. The timing of the COVID-positive case around the time of the Mansfield game in which he was going to get his opportunity, it's just been a massive shame. And I think in flashes, we've seen what he's capable of. There was games against Peterborough and Cardiff that I think his performances were good, although it has to be said that they're two very poor teams there. Um, and Chris Wilder's come out and said recently that he, he had his opportunity, just didn't take it. And I'm assuming by that he means the under-23 uh, games as well and then in training. Um, I remember seeing him in an under-23 game. I can't remember who it was against. It might have been against Wolves. Um, he hit the bar in that game and he was okay. He weren't great, but he wasn't bad either. I think that probably sums up maybe. Um, and unlucky as well, obviously, with the COVID case, with the injuries. It's just a massive shame, really, because I think everybody, everybody hoped that it would be so much more than this. But unfortunately, it just hasn't panned out the way that we all wanted it to. Yeah. Tom, are you want, what's your thoughts on it as well? Is it a shame that it hasn't worked out the, the way it's what you wanted it to? Yeah, definitely. I think with all the excitement and all the hype that he came in with uh, last summer, it's just a, a real shame to see it not work out. Um, you know, any time you sign anyone from from South America, you you hope and you know Argentinian, Brazilian, they're, they're going to be like the next big thing and uh, you know absolute wonder kid from that region. But it it just hasn't happened in this his case. He, I thought he was unlucky with uh, with injuries, like terribly unlucky. Um, it was just starting to kind of like really cement his place in the team under Warnock. And then there was a managerial change. Uh, Wilder comes in and he has to kind of work his way back in, which didn't seem to happen. Um, also, you know, coming to a, a new country, you only really had Leo who we could uh, could talk to. Um, you know, obviously there, there were some issues with with settling in and kind of adapting to, to the English game and stuff. So maybe it's just that... Uh, a move back to Argentina is the best thing for him personally right now. 
um, which, you know, in that case, we've apparently been linked with other options. Uh, you know, Aaron Moy was a, a name that came up this week, uh, which obviously you get that Australian green line chemistry in centre midfield with uh, <laughs> with Riley McGree, so can't complain about that. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll have targets uh, to replace him, but overall it's, uh, it's a shame it hasn't worked out for him. But, hey, I mean... At least in in his spell, he's uh, he's got a penalty at Old Trafford to uh, to brag about. Um, you know, I'm sure I'm sure that's something every young player would uh, would love to do. Yeah, and, and a good chant as well. A good chant scored against Cardiff. Um, I mean, what what more does a boy that is want? The you pinnacle. Know? <laughs> that is, that scored is against the... Cardiff is the peak of football. <laughs> well, that's well, that's it. You know, I mean, what what more do you want in in your career? Score than Old Trafford score against Cardiff and have a good chant. You know, I mean, for me, roaring success. Um, I mean, <laughs> well, Tom, why why do, why do you think Borough have just allowed him to go after one season? Surely you would have wanted him to maybe double down now, one year in the country. I appreciate COVID restrictions have have gone now. Um, probably starting to get fully fit as well. appreciate there was the talk of potential injury um, in pre-season, but I mean, you know, it's all, everything's said like that in terms of, of a player's going to be leaving. Um, but do you think he could have had one more year? Do you think there was no harm in it? Um, I, I think there was probably no harm in it, but it's probably better for him and better for the club that it has worked out this way. Um, I think for his side of things, obviously there might be an element of homesickness, um, you know, he's more kind of suited to the the Argentinian league. And realistically, if you look at our kind of depth chart now, uh, Crooks is going to be ahead of him at right centre mid anyway. So he's he's still got to got to work towards getting that space, and he's not going to be getting a lot of football. Uh, and then from from our side of things, it it kind of goes from a long term project of him having to adapt to English football uh, to bringing in someone who can contribute right now. Uh, which you know, we're, if if we're absolutely gunning for promotion this season, is what we need rather than uh, you know a second string option who is still adapting. It is only a loan, and there is an option to buy. Apparently, um, do you think there is a, a way back for Matt Piero at Borodena? No, I think that's it for him now. I think the chapter's closed. I just can't see a way that he forces himself into that team. Um, even next season, you never know what division that we're in. Even if we are in the championship still, I just can't see it. He is going back to Argentina, so it seems like he's kind of been restored to the default, the league that he knows. If Bora had that vision in mind of him still being a part of the plans, then I don't think they'd be sending him back to Argentina because Chris Wilder did mention in a press conference that the South American leagues just aren't the same intensity as the championship. So I would think there, and I think we've spoken about this on the Telegram chat and in the discussions that we've had um, kind of offline, it would be better to send him to a league on loan where the intensity is that of the championship or similar. But the fact that we've sent him back to Argentina says to me that it's pretty much done for Piero at Middlesbrough, which is a massive shame. But as I said, we should have really seen it coming. Yeah, I think it's a shame. I think it's a real shame uh, that it probably hasn't worked out was the way we wanted it to. Um, I th- there's definitely a player um, in Martin Piero you could see in, in glimpses of his ability and his, his touch and his movement and his aggression at times. And he did show real uh, some, some real quality, especially in that game against Cardiff. 
um, where, where he scored. I thought he was probably the best player on the pitch. And it's short. I thought I thought this is the the Martin Piero that we've bought, and this is where he's going to be. I think he was a good signing at the time. I still think that it was a relatively okay signing overall if you were to assess it. I mean, it could have been better. He was just really, really unfortunate. Uh, the Probably smashed a few mirrors before he got on the flight uh, from Argentina to, to, to Teesside. Um, but it's um, I don't want to close it off fully on Matt Piero. He could obviously come back and maybe thrive uh, after a year of just playing regular football once again, getting himself back fit maybe having that experience of, of English football and trying to adapt his game a bit further at Boca and then maybe come back uh, for a pre-season in, in the next year and potentially look good um, again. But it's certainly not a, a flop of a transfer. I think it was just an unfortunate uh, transfer for Bora right now, but it could still always be good. You never know, Boca could have a good fee for him in the, in the future. We actually make profit on him because it's only, what, 2.8 million or something that we paid for him. So, um, But it's not the end of the world, but we do wish Martin all the best. But let's talk about someone who's not going to play in a Borussia shirt in the future, and that is absolutely certain, because Jed Spence is going to Tottenham Hotspur for an initial fee of 12.5 million, rising to 20 million, um, which would be a record fee for, for Borussia to receive and surpassing Adama Traore to Wolves. Um Let's talk about Jed Spence then, because it's probably the longest saga I think I've ever seen. Um, he's burst onto the scene a couple of years ago, uh, <laughs> to quote Micka Richards. Um, we put the Manjaro's board on there during COVID. If Jed scores, we're going to Manjaro's. Uh, the falling out with Warnock, the rise with Forrest, um, the Twitter posts, the beef. It's been just... A whirlwind. I I just don't really know how to describe it. To be honest, it could be like a Marvel phase one and two to five. With you know, Thanos has came in somewhere. It's just it seemed to be absolutely mental. Um, but what's your what's your thoughts on on the saga itself, Dana? Jed Spence just thoughts. Yeah, I'm disappointed with again disappointed with how it's transpired for Jed and. Uh, you know, I've done a video on this that should hopefully go up before the turn of the year. But it's just, I thought there would be better progression with him. And unfortunately, that second season, we just didn't see the same player as in the first. When we were introduced to Jed, it was that hungry, eager to to stake a claim for a starting berth. You know, he was a complete unknown and he looked like he was hungry for it. And I think we lost a little bit of that hunger in him. And I will say, and I mentioned this on one of the podcasts last season, that I thought he was starting to get his confidence back. And then Warnock played him a couple of games, then dropped him. And then you've got Anthony Dysteel there playing right wing against Derby whilst Jed Spence is on the bench. It kind of felt like at that point, he's unwanted um, by Warnock. And yeah, went out and did really well at, at Forest. And it, it was, you know... Me and you, Johnny, at least, have been fans of Jed um, on this podcast. And it's good to see that he has progressed. It's just um, a massive shame it's not been in a Middlesbrough shirt. But having said that, it has brought in a big fee and a substantial fee that Middlesbrough can reinvest into those problematic areas. We have two strikers and the season starts in like 11 ish day no it's like 13 days is it something like that yeah just just under two weeks it's a big big um amount of money for Bora to to spend to bring in improvements on the squad 
Yeah, uh, I, I really like Jed as well. Um, from from when he came onto the scene in that game where we we plucked out of midair, didn't we? And he came he came the the next the next day, um, and started playing for us. And uh, and yeah, you know, saying that raw talent has the ability showed his strengths probably this season at Nottingham Forest in a system that really does suit him um, and showed the best out of him. And I think he's been benefited a lot from probably the TV exposure. I uh, appreciate when you have a good game on television, your your price goes up by a few million. He had a few of those, so hence why we probably got 12.5 million um, plus add-ons. Uh, Tom, I want to hear your thoughts first on the whole saga and then I want to hear your thoughts on the way Borough have conducted this deal as well because 12.5 million is is a fairly good deal for someone that we probably weren't going to get maybe last year. Well, I would say I'm glad it's all over, but it's not as of recording. Like he's been pictured in a Spurs shirt and he's done interviews and stuff, but they seem to just be holding off on on actually announcing him, which is the frustrating part because we just want the money to be able to kind of like spend on our our, uh, our own team. Um, but no, I think it, it's a it's a great deal. Um, I think for myself, I'm kind of like ambivalent towards it. Uh, I wasn't too bothered when he left to to go to Forest, and I think with with Jed for me, it was more a case kind of similar to to what Lewis Wing was or Adam Reach. I thought there was a, a lot of hype because it was it was easy to stand out in that team, but there were still areas of his game, uh, you know, un- understandably because it was it was in a poor team and, and bad coaching system at the time, uh, where. He does need to to improve, and I still saw that in some Forest games that I watched last season as well. So I don't want it to sound like sour grapes or anything because he's leaving. As I think there's quite a, a a lot of that kind of like on on Twitter and stuff. All the best to him at Spurs. Hopefully, he can progress because it, it works out better for Borough if he does. Uh, I just think this is is a good case of of striking while the iron's hot, while you know the the hype's there. Uh, and and we've we've managed to to get a great deal out of it, which, like I say, the the last couple of examples, like you know Lewis Wing standing out in a Tony Pulis team for being the only only player who would actually attack and and get a, a long shot off, or um, you know Adam Reach in the playoff season, I think it was when we we played. Yes. Um, Liverpool in the Capital One Cup. Uh, I'm not going to say the Carlin <laughs> Cup again. I said it earlier in the day, but um, you know there was a lot of hype around him afterwards. There were similar sort of fees quoted, and you know Borough saying we're not selling him and stuff like that. Um, I, I honestly think it's it's a, a a very similar situation to both those, but the difference being we've actually sold him when you know the price is the highest this time, uh, rather than you know possibly dropping off as it did with like reach and uh, and Lewis wing you're absolutely spot on Tom with like around the hype um there is a lot of hype and I think that's the reason why we've got the fear we've got but how far can can Jed go do you think Dan do you think England international is a possibility he has made the jump of course to the under 21s and, and doing relatively okay there um but do you think that he has the the chance to to play for the mighty England <laughs> um it's a possibility. It's not impossible, but I think it's unlikely just because of the competition around him. I mean, how many times is there an England squad announcement? And in the comments, it's like, does Gareth Southgate want any more right backs? I mean, you've got Trent Alexander-Arnold, Reese James, Kevin Trippier, Kyle Walker, James Justin, Kyle Walker-Peters. There's so, so many. It's like a conveyor belt of right backs. So I 
kind of don't really see it, but it's no slight on his ability or his potential. Um, Ability-wise, definitely not at the moment, but his potential, he could. I just think the competition's probably going to be something that stands in his way. Yeah, but I, I do I do think, though, if there's one manager that can get the best out of Jed Spence, it's Antonio Conte. Like, what he mm. did with Victor Moses at Chelsea, what he does with wing-backs in general is insane. And I think that him and if, if Sesson Young plays on the left-hand side, I think that's a, a very exciting uh, wing-back system that they've got. I appreciate I think Perisic probably might play that role, but... Um, either way, I think he's probably the probably the best manager to really see him develop. And you never know, twenty million pound could be seen as a a snip in a couple of seasons, or it could straight be straight in my FPL team. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or it could be a, a fee that we got bloody hell. We got we got twelve point five million plus for Jed Spence. Um, but it's it's a it's an interesting football. Is a a funny funny game. But Tom, with Jed going now, do you think that? there's going to probably be more spotlight on Isaiah Jones now because I appreciate there's a clip saying that Warnock said that um, Jones is the best wing back in the league. Um appreciate Warnock said that, uh, you know, he's, he's credit to Spence. He's, he's the reason why Manchester City won the title this season um, in the Premier League. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's just responsible for saving the globe, uh, to be honest with Warnock. Um, but, <laughs> what, what do you think, uh, Tom? Do you think, do you think there is going to be a lot more spotlight on Isaiah Jones this year? And how difficult could it be for him? Well, yeah, I mean, firstly, obviously Jones has learned everything he knows about playing right wing back from playing left wing in Neil Warnock's system where the ball just goofed towards him and out of his reach. I don't think there's any question about that. But um, no, I, I think there was a bit of a spotlight on him last year anyway. Um, I don't think any, anyone expected too much at the uh, the start of the season. And, you know, he, he had quite a few uh, bright sparks then. But then when Wilder came in and he was becoming so much more instrumental in the system, I think expectations were raised then. And there was there was more of a spotlight going into the second half of the season. Um, and, you know, I think he deserved all, all the credit that came with it as well. Like he, he was obviously integral, but we seem to get figured out uh, and you know I'd say the last quarter of the season maybe maybe last third it was it was more difficult for him because people were doubling tripling up on him and he, he couldn't do uh you know the the stuff he can do um Wilder you know has said that he wanted someone on the left hand side to emulate Jones on the right so I think that's praise in itself uh, but then I think Giles is going to share that spotlight with uh, with with Jones this season. Um, I think possibly there'd be more expectation on Giles right now, just because of a you know a bit of a reputation he's he's come in with, um, and you know he's been hyped up in the last week of being our set piece specialist finally. Um, <laughs> not like we didn't just Tom have Goodman. one in second back to Argentina, but. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel like it's going to be a shared spotlight between the two. But, you know, in terms of Jones, I think we all already know what he can do. And, um, you know, he deserves every every credit that he gets at the moment. He does. He does. And I think with Ryan Giles coming in as well, it gives us that balance. Um, the best teams in the world have balance, and that's how they win trophies. Um, and balance in a system is, is key to to everything probably in football if you strike the right balance you'll win anything and that's probably i.e. Real Madrid this year probably one of the worst Real Madrid teams in a long time 
um, and somehow they had the right balance on the pitch and a system that just somehow worked. Um, I think it was the raise of the eyebrow of Ancelotti and it just seemed to go into <laughs> carnage and they used to pull something from nothing. But let's move on and talk about an incoming then because Zach Stefan, World Cup year, needs game time and arguably the number one shirt uh, for Borough. Um, but before we hear our thoughts, uh, we spoke to Vince from the United States men's national team, underscore thoughts, Twitter page, uh, and John from the main road ramble uh, to get a US and a Man City view on Borough's new shot stubber. Hey guys, Vince from USMNT thoughts, Twitter account and podcast here. Okay, so his motives for this move are pretty simple. Zach is in a heated battle for the U.S. number one with Matt Turner, who just signed for Arsenal. Berhalter has said he is going to factor uh, factor in if one of them are primarily on the bench and the other is playing and in good form going into Qatar. So this is Zach's opportunity to play a lot, perform well, and put himself firmly over Turner, who will likely be behind Ramsdale uh, for the foreseeable future. As is Zach's profile, he is a very good player with his feet. Playing out of the back is what he is known for. Of course, he's not Ederson or Allison in this department, but he is well above average globally. He's very athletic and can make all the saves. Uh, In MLS, his reflexes would have been considered very good, but at the European level, I'd say he's pretty average here um, and playing often in the championship versus a handful of times a year in cup competitions could develop him a little further. His main weakness is he is sometimes prone to mental errors and poor positioning because he's as aggressive as he is playing out of the back. Um, Again, if he was playing more often, he may be able to improve in this department, but it will be one area to watch this year. He he tends to kind of try to play that sweeper-keeper role. Sometimes that, that aggression can get him into trouble. And this may be uh, a little unfair to him, but he has developed a bit of a reputation as prone to injuries, particularly knee and back issues over the past few years. And as he becomes a regular in the starting lineup, it'll be interesting to see how his body holds up over the course of a full season. Off the field, you're getting an incredible asset to your community. Zach is very engaged um, in social issues and has been very vocal on the Black Lives Matter movement uh, headlined by his organization Voice Now. The supporters are going to love uh, the person that Zach is most of all. Thanks and take care of him for us. And best of luck in the World Cup later this year, but not too much luck since uh, we'll be playing you on Black Friday. It's difficult to know what Zach Steffen's capabilities actually are. Before he came to City, he was outstanding in MLS with Columbus Crew, and that led to his promotion to the US uh, men's national team uh, kind of senior setup. But being City's backup goalkeeper is one of the toughest gigs in football in terms of proving yourself. Being the understudy to the keeper who has won Golden Glove in the Premier League for the last three seasons is just not an easy place to make a name uh, for yourself in this game especially in a World Cup year which is I think one of the reasons why after City made this move for Ortega that uh, Stefan is is looking for first team football elsewhere is generally comfortable with the ball at his feet but it's it's difficult to be uh, anywhere near as comfortable as Edison in terms of his calmness. So I think Stefan was was trying to emulate that a little bit when Mane chased him down back in uh, April at Wembley. So all that is to say is that Stefan's early career looked really really good, but I will say that his main strengths seem to be in shot stopping, which is actually 
you know, a, a lot of people who have said about Edison this season that his, his shot stopping was pretty poor. Generally speaking, Zach's a, a great shot stopper. He made some, some really great saves uh, for the U.S. men's national team uh, in their World Cup qualifier against Mexico last season and also made a fantastic save in the Carabao Cup final from uh, Los Celso. So he definitely is a kind of a great typical goalkeeper in terms of his shot stopping ability and I do have a feeling that when he gets to play regular football that's what you need as a goalkeeper and because even when he gets his chance at City he's not facing five ten shots a game he's he's probably facing one or two and he's potentially been criticized about that but that's that's a different skill uh, in terms of that level of concentration. So I do think that, that Burra are getting a good player and uh, a good goalkeeper, someone who's going to be a great presence in the dressing room as well. Uh, and yeah, I think he'll do well at Burra, uh, and I hope he does, and I hope he gets that number one shirt uh, for the U.S. men's national team uh, in Qatar in November. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So some nice words from, from Vince and John there on Borough's new sign and Zach Steffen. Um, but guys, I want to hear your thoughts on the move as well. Clearly coming in to be number one dinner, isn't he? And what's your thoughts on him signing? Because they were seeing being nice words about him. Yeah, it's a big statement. Obviously, signing City's number two. I mean, he's number three now because they signed Ortega, but at the point of Borough being linked with him, he was their number two. And he was playing in a cup final last season. And, I mean, Pep Guardiola obviously trusted him to be that number two behind Edison. It is a big coup, and it's a it's a big statement of intent for Middlesbrough to say what we were actually looking to do next season, which is obviously get promoted. Um, I think we're very serious about it. And obviously... 
being a World Cup year as well, there's a massive incentive there for Zach Steffen to uh, impress and improve and to to grow as a number one, which is something that he hasn't had since he was at Columbus Crew. So yeah, I'm happy with the move. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm loath to go too big on a goalkeeper because the past two have not been good. Um, slightly unnerved that Stefan wears number thirteen, but hopefully it's uh, lucky three for Bora and that we actually have a decent goalkeeper. I hope so. Um, I mean, it's a very low barrier if you want to put uh, Max Bettinelli in there um, and, mm. and Joel Lumley. But in terms of your thoughts, Tom, our goalkeeping resident, uh, of course, uh, you love to critique <laughs> goalkeepers. Um, but what's your thoughts on the, on the move? Dana's happy. Two US two fans are happy. We've interviewed. Are you happy? Yeah, um, I'm hoping it's going to be similar to Wilder Sign of Henderson for, for Sheffield United. Um, he seems to have a good record with goalkeepers and being able to pick them. And, you know, we've we've upgraded our goalkeeping coaching department this season and uh, obviously brought two goalkeepers in as well. It looks like he's pretty much what we need in terms of, of, of the way Wilder wants to play. Um, as as was mentioned there in the, in the clips, he's more of a sweeper keeper, which... I think was trying to be uh, coached into Lumley and Daniels last season, uh, just to mixed effects, really. I don't think Lumley handled it all that well, but I think it just goes to show he's not really a natural sweeper keeper. Uh, but good with his, his footwork as well, which is is also crucial. I think in terms of playing out from the back, and I'm not talking about like goal kicks or anything like that, and more in terms of the recycling of possession, I think I'm very comfortable now with our our back line, uh, knowing that we've got two wing backs and then three centre backs who are all good with the ball at the feet, and now a goalkeeper who's good with the ball at the feet. I think we're going to be able to kind of get it out of defence a lot more effectively this year. And obviously, going back to what you were saying earlier, Johnny, it's all about balance, and it looks like we're going to be going into this season with a very strongly balanced defensive line slash goalkeeper as well. Uh, so it's all just about recruiting at the top of the field now. But uh, yeah, he, he does seem to tick a lot of boxes for what we were were looking for in a goalkeeper. Yeah, we absolutely are. Um, in terms of adding a good foundation to the team, I think great teams have a great foundation in terms of the goalkeeper, the back line, the balance, just that real steadiness of a team compared dividends throughout a season. But what do you think Zach Stefan actually brings to this team in terms of ability? I'm assuming you said there was a bit of an upgrade, but is there anything else? Obviously, you've got footwork, distribution, shot stopping. Is there anything else that you want to look at? Well, I think it's just the point of the, the obviously, footwork and things like that. Tom obviously mentioned he wasn't speaking about the kind of goal kicks and things. Um, I think what I've seen on social media in a lot of discussions about Middlesbrough is that Wilder wants his goalkeepers to play the ball out from the back. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it's just the distribution has to be good in terms of actually um, playing the ball upfield. But in terms of being in possession of the ball, being comfortable with the ball is feet. We don't really see that from him. What we've seen the most from Chris Wilder's goalkeepers at Middlesbrough since he was appointed in November 
was that sweeper keeper and with Stefan, as Vince said, being that aggressive sweeper keeper, it ticks a massive box. Out of all the attributes of a goalkeeper, we can safely say that that is what Chris Wilder wants out of his number one. He wants them to be decisive and confident and come out when they need to. And I think that was Joel Lumley's downfall is that he was he was too indecisive. He wasn't ever confident or fully sold on his own actions when he was coming out. And that's why we saw so many problems. But it's going to be interesting to see how Stefan actually plays um, because as I said he's not been a number one since he was at Columbus Crew um, is that is there maybe rustiness there appearances have been fleeting they've been few and far between here and there cup competitions uh, this is a big opportunity for him and it's a big opportunity for Middlesbrough as well because as we've mentioned the past two goalkeepers that we've had and you can even throw Luke Daniels and John Archer into that mix as well have not been great they've not convinced so as I said, I'm hoping that this is third time lucky and that Stefan can be a good shot stopper, good commander and good uh, playing that sweeper keeper role as well. So fingers crossed that um, he's actually a good keeper for us. Yeah, and, and look, if, if he doesn't work out, you've got a really good understudy in, in Liam Roberts as well. You know, um, you don't get League Two uh, team of the season and get all the awards and accolades that he got last season uh, if you weren't a good goalkeeper. Um, and he, yes, 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 he is making a step up, um, but I think it's a, a good good sign for Borough. I know we, we did that in a previous video where we broke uh, Liam Roberts down, but I think really good understudy, an improvement on last year in terms of uh, the keepers that we had was Zach Stefan coming in international as well, going at the World Cup, wanting to impress. We've upgraded that keeper department as well with a new coach. I think it's a really, really good uh, sign for Borough in terms of uh, that defensive foundation that we want. And he, he looks like he's going to bring confidence to the defence as well, which is a big part as well um, in terms of leadership traits. And I think that will hopefully help us uh, throughout the season. But guys, that's very much it. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, and to the listeners and what and people watching us on YouTube and on the podcast providers, thank you very much uh, for watching and listening to us. Uh, but one in, two out, and a busy week expected for Bora. But this has been the Bora Breakdown podcast, and that was like Bora Mash Day Chatter in a pod. Up the Bora Breakdown. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 